0: Hello Hyrule! Welcome to episode 22 of Hello Hyrule, the premiere Legend of Zelda travelogue podcast. We are your tour guides. My name is Pete.
1: And my name is Chris. Hey Pete, I have a fun surprise for you. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I have. It's a little harp. oh i oh no this is this it is, it is, no stop
0: this is only partly coming through Wait a minute, are you trying to do the one from The Lumpy Pumpkin?
1: I am, it was a perfect rendition of Keena's song from The Lumpy Pumpkin, and if it didn't come through, that's on Discord's end, that's not because of any fault in my amazing performance.
0: Chris, Chris, you are one of my best friends, I have to be completely honest with you, that was Sonic Poison.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was a pretty unhinged way to start this recording session, Um, and hopefully it's all uphill from here. Huh... Hey Pete, what are we doing today?
0: Today, uh, at long last, we are going on the Dragon Tour we've been talking about for the past few episodes. That means we're going to be hitting the entire third arc of the game, hitting all three provinces back to back and just hitting those story beats real good.
1: Before we get too deep into it, because this is going to be another info-packed recording session, I have a quick recap of the past two episodes.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: So in our last episode, we broke hearts, pottery, and pumpkins all in the name of gratitude. We played some music, we learned about monster biology, and we discussed desperate bathroom scenarios. But more importantly, two episodes ago, we met and rescued the sky spirit Levius, who told us in order to find the pieces of the Triforce and save our crystallized friend, we need to learn the different parts of the Song of the Hero from the Three Dragons. And that set us off on the journey that we will be taking today.
0: Song of the Hero. Chris, you know what the finished Song of the Hero sounds like. Did you like have an immediate guess the first time you played this game?
1: I didn't know until the song actually played. Right on. And I had like a heavy emotional reaction when it did. I think nice. it's 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 a great rendition. I don't know if we put it in the Silent Realm episode.
0: We did not.
1: Okay, good. We should definitely fit it in at the end of this episode. There will be a logical point to do it. But yeah, it's phenomenal. What what about you?
0: Uh, you know it's weird, when I was going through my notes earlier today, uh I had one note saying, "Definitely I know what this is." But then when it happened, I was surprised all over again. I don't know how that, like, (laughs) I don't know how much time was between point A and point B, but apparently I completely forgot what it was.
1: I feel like we spend the next three chapters, let's say, building that song up. And when we get the individual pieces, it never sounds like what the end result is going to sound like. Yeah. So like, even if you think, you know, and then you start getting those pieces of the song, I could see like your brain kind of turning that off and not thinking about it for a bit and then realizing it again. Mm -hmm. Well, I
0: mean, as we're going to see here during this episode it's a lot shorter on paper but when you're doing it it's a little more stretched out than that
1: yeah talking about things that are a little more stretched out though we are going to first head back to the sealed grounds as we were guided to uh by levias i think
0: that's optional actually
1: oh you're right
0: yeah because you can this is the only arc of the game where you can choose which of the three provinces you want to go to first
1: yeah. So I think we talked about tackling them in the same order that you're kind of guided through the first two arcs of Farron, Eldon, Lanayru.
0: Well, that was my assumption.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's also just like from the least fun area to the most fun also. So I think it'll just slow better.
0: Actually, yeah. Now that you say it. <laughs> <laughs> The first one's a real turd, I
1: gotta say. It really is. Um, I'm looking forward to ripping the bandaid off and getting past it. We're gonna start by heading back to the sealed grounds, where we meet back up with Groose and the old lady. And I mean, it almost wastes zero time. Mm -hmm. Groose tells us, "Uh uh-oh, something's happening. We need to get out. There's like rumbling happening outside. I mean, you know
0: what it is. You know
1: what it is, yeah. Groose isn't even surprised at this point.
0: Oh, hey, Link. Oh, crap, he's out again.
1: Yeah. And even though we've had like two full, very beefy episodes since the last Impressant fight, I can't emphasize enough in game time. This is like a half hour after or like maybe an <laughs> hour after the last impressent fight. It's insane. Not even.
0: No, it's so it, short. It's so it's short just the back time. back to back.
1: I mean, granted, you could do Lineru and Eldon before doing this, so like it's not guaranteed that it's such a quick back to back fight. Fair. But but yeah, I, this is the first one I went back to, and I remember being baffled.
0: I mean, so if you're like us and you assume that you want to go in the same order, then yeah, it's definitely an extremely short amount of time between the two attacks.
1: I don't think we need to spend too much time talking about the actual fight here. Maybe we could just highlight some of the differences. Oh,
0: I, I can sum it up for you real quick. Big Boy's got like another appendage that he's grown, which seems like a big furry halo that it grows like along its back. Mm -hmm. Uh, which allows it to fly through the air.
1: Yeah, so that happens specifically after the first time you smack the spike into its head. The first phase of the boss fight, this thing is darting up the hill upwards, like three times faster than he was previously, but generally the same moveset walking on the ground. And like you said, once he grows his halo, he starts flying, but you could still use the Grusinator to smack him out of the air and onto the ground. Right. He'll land right in the uh, center of... Uh, Right in the center of the hole. Yeah. And you just run on down, bop the thing into his head. Uh, there is a cool moment, I think, in the third phase where he just starts hovering. Yep. And Groose is like, listen, 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 <laughs> hear me out. I'm going to launch you onto that sucker's head. Heck yes. Grip it and rip it. I'm
0: ready. I'm complete. It's so cool. For me, this was the moment that Link and Groove's become best friends. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I know they didn't animate it, but I imagine them like high-fiving before he pulls the lever on that.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. So he launches Link onto the Imprison's head. You actually smack the spike into its head from the air and you knock it back into the ground. And for the third time now, we seal this sucker back into the ground. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it
0: well the new there's one more detail which is the new seal supposedly the final seal is uh the triforce right
1: kind of so it's like three pieces of a triangle but they're all the triforces they're all facing upward for this uh-huh. they're all facing downward I believe it was
0: so they haven't gotten to the full triforce seal yet then
1: I don't think so but
0: it's like each seal that you end up putting on adds another line so like mm-hmm. you know eventually you're gonna get to the full triforce
1: it's like it's like the individual pieces of the triforce are there but I don't think it's the shape of the Triforce. I could be wrong about that, but I, I think that's the case.
0: I do gotta wonder really quick, though. No one is telling Link the new seals, right? Although I suppose perhaps Phi is guiding the direction he's doing it
1: that would be i mean the old lady tells you to like she says like quick seal it now but she doesn't like yeah. tell you how yeah
0: like old lady impa does not say like trace the line i'm putting in front of you with your wii remote
1: no she does not it does seem like some kind of weird fi technology if anything gotta be it's gotta gotta be, be. you just kind of sniff it out after a while it's not always so explicit
0: but yeah after that encounter i don't remember the exact phrasing but i remember uh either old impa or gruce mentioning that like you can't get back to Farron Woods the normal way right now because it's flooded mm-hmm. and because of that Gruus has the amazing idea of just loading you on top of the Gruusinator again and he just launches you there
1: Yes. Yeah, so the old lady says that the forest is flooded due to some turn of events and that she closed the gate and sealed it but if we just open the gate the seal will break and it'll flood the whole temple. Right. So she's like oh I don't know how we can get past this and Gruus is like oh I got you. <laughs> and he just launches he's clearly addicted to launching link you know in another world i would be concerned that this is kind of like the dodo origin story oh no
0: because <laughs> this is just
1: what dodo does on his island all day but when gruce does it it is kind of cool
0: when gruce does it it's for utility it's not like for colorful fun
1: times it always starts in a utilitarian way <laughs> but it descends <laughs> into complete madness which is the the final form the dodo
0: well we can never we can never let the two meet now <laughs> you realize that
1: <laughs> um so yeah this is a job for the Grucinator, and he launches us into the flooded farren woods
0: land as you might expect down in a massive pool of water the entirety of this place is flooded from the trunk of the tree or like the center of the tree
1: upward if you have any initial concerns that our kiwi friends are not safe fear not they are all like floating on lily pads they're all perfectly fine
0: logs and lily pads and little bits of tree yeah and i immediately had to wonder like yes I am a little worried about the kikwi. I don't hate them as much as other new species in this game. But I did wonder, like, did it also drown every monster, every bird, every, like, possible thing that was in here?
1: I mean, funny you mention that. I think we're going to get to that in just a second. That that might have been the motivation for some of this flooding. Right. So we do see Butcha, the kikwi elder, floating on, like, a giant lily pad right in the center by the tree. He tells us that water came gushing out of the base of the tree and flooded the entire wood. From that, we can tell, okay, the base of the tree needs to be our next stop. We swim into the tree itself and kind of back up onto that perch in the center of the great tree.
0: Yeah, it's you have an easier time getting higher up in the tree because a lot of the interior is also flooded.
1: Yeah, you just swim upwards. It's, it's fairly simple. And there's really, like you said a second ago, not a lot of monsters now. Inside the tree, we meet the dragon Farron, who remembers us and says we look quite a bit stronger than the last time we met. Mm Hmm. This third act of the game is the first time I realized that we only met Farron out of the dragons, right? Yep. Right. So we're going to meet the other two. I'm glad that Farron remembered us. We left an impression on.
0: I mean, to be perfectly honest, she probably doesn't remember you all that much considering she's still on her bent about prove, prove you're the hero.
1: Oh, this is such a bummer. So Farron is, yes, Farron is my least favorite dragon after the stuff that happens in this interaction. (laughs) Essentially, Farron tells you that she flooded the woods to get rid of the monsters yeah which, hey
0: what was that you were saying about there not being any more monsters I think there's still one big one inside this tree <laughs> uh, yeah
1: <laughs> yes yeah well put like I, I have a note here from my playthrough where I said wow this really seems like cutting off your nose to spite your face <laughs> like okay she knows she's lucky that the kikwi all found ground and are like kind of surprisingly cool with this but that's an incredibly hostile way to deal with the situation uh-huh she says this may be news to you but some very irksome some monsters have been overrunning my woods of late oh word <laughs> Well, I decided that I've had enough. The easiest way to deal with the awful things was to flood the whole woods. Uh, She asks you at that point if you're up to the task of completing one last challenge before she teaches you the Song of the Hero. (sighs) Come on, it's a bit of an emergency here. Yeah, at what point do you put your
0: foot down? Like, my girlfriend's been put in crystal. Can we speed this up, please?
1: Uh, She says that she split the melody of the hero up into individual tad tones and split them up and divided them across the flooded. Faron Woods, and she asks you to retrieve them. She says, "Take this score and collect the rest of my musical friends." If you want a t- descriptor as to what these things are, anyone who's played Super Mario RPG, <laughs> uh, it's, it's tadpole pond. Yeah, it's melody bay. Rather,
0: it's kind of the same idea, although they're called tad tones, so they are like tadpoles, but mm-hmm. music.
1: Yeah, they're they're color coded. Um, they come in groups, and then the groups kind of map to different parts of the score that you're given. Any grouping of them you need to collect kind of quickly, otherwise the group resets. Chris, what are these? What are tad tones? I'm not putting the jingle. you're shaking your head.
0: What are tad tones? <laughs> i
1: like I knew this was a question that we'd have to answer this episode, and I didn't even put the effort into thinking about it beforehand I, I don't know. This is a, we need to pad the last bit of this game out a little bit more. Uh, It kind of feels like, so I think a better implementation of some of this is... In the more recent Super Mario 3D games, every now and then like you'll get a coin like in Mario Galaxy, you get these coins Uh that you see music notes kind of spread out after you get the coin and you collect them and it makes a fun little song and you have a time limit to get them. It's just like a quick little fun challenge that you can optionally do. Having this be, you know, a whole 15-minute segment where you have to collect every last one and you have to swim around to find them, I think kind of muddies it.
0: It's brutally tedious.
1: Yeah, it's not difficult. By no means is this difficult. And and I don't want us to, like, sit and complain too much about it. Especially on subsequent playthroughs, it's really not too bad.
0: Yeah, there are worse things. It's more its placement towards the end of the game. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, this is, like, the slowest part of the game.
0: What would have been cool is if they introduced the this shortly after you gain the ability to swim just so you can like get used to it you know
1: oh sure yeah this would have been a good way to learn how to dive and go around things and whatnot
0: now there's two things during this uh portion of the game that stood out to me and that is through other times that you swim in this game you can find oxygen bubbles we've talked about this you can find oxygen bubbles coming out of the ground Mm -hmm. alternatively there is a second kind of bubble you can find around here which is like a purpley color that hurts
1: you i don't even remember that are they poison bubbles
0: yeah you got oxygen and noxygen i guess they didn't call (laughs) it that but
1: (laughs) noxygen sounds like it could be a thing it also sounds like a crash bandicoot enemy actually yeah and oxygen
0: (laughs) but if you breathe them in you lose air or you get hurt i don't remember because i avoided them all the time but i was thinking about like so there's just natural veins of oxygen and noxygen under farin this whole time and like
1: I mean, oxygen deserves a whole research study on its own. <laughs> um, another thing similar to that train of thought is when, when you gather an individual tad tone. Yep, you get more air. That's the next thing I was going to point out. Yeah, are you just consuming the oxygen that that tad tone had in its system? I don't know. Are you
0: breathing them? Is is your score in your lungs? Like, what's going on?
1: No, the score is the the tablature that the dragon gave you.
0: Wait, is it like a physical item that you have on you?
1: Yeah. I, I would imagine. I, you don't see one. It appears. No, it appears. OK, you don't see the item in the game, but you see it on the screen. It's yeah, it's in the UI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally right. You're totally What is right. your
0: score? Is it mental? Is it spiritual? Like, is it like? Yes. <laughs> is it a tattoo on your arm that you're just gauging all these little these little fish babies that you're breathing?
1: Yes. It's the gate of time. It's the uh, the score that connects the gate of time. Oh. You see it on the exterior. It's not. I mean, it's not. It just looks, it looks like similar iconography.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) You spooked me there for a second. Yeah,
1: no, I saw you start to think way too much about what I said, and I had to pump the brakes real quick.
0: Uh, okay, but... So the best that I can imagine is that when you c- gather a Tad Tone, you give them a smooch on the lips and you breathe in their air that way, because otherwise you're just ingesting an entire physical creature and then it enters like, I I don't understand.
1: Yeah, I mean, if that's what helps you accept the weird reality of what's happening, then yes, you give the little <laughs> Tad Tone a kiss and you suck in its air. It's similar to Kirby sharing health.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: There are a few notable tad tones that I had noted down. There's one where you have to jump off the top of the tree, hit a uh, lily pad, flip it upside down, and there's a tad tone underneath it, a single tad tone. Right. That's probably like the hardest one I remember.
0: Yeah, because you. this is not a skydiving segment. It's just a straight pencil dive.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing terribly remarkable about any of this. You kind of just <sighs> get through it.
0: I have to ask, like, especially... You know, after the fact,
1: what does this prove? To the dragon? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, because you just slayed how many monsters (laughs) and that didn't do it, but you collect some of these tadpoles and that does it?
0: I don't know. There's something going on here. Like She just wants to make sure that these babies are in your respiratory system.
1: It feels spiteful to some extent. It feels like Farron wanted to be the hero, the <laughs> goddess's hero. She's just, like, getting you to do more and more work because she knows that she has the ability to. I don't know. Halfway through collecting these, also, Bucha gives you dowsing abilities to find more tatones. Uh-huh. Why is Bucha able to do that? Ah. Uh... Uh there's so many questions. Like what is the Tad Tone's
0: relationship with Kiki? What does dousing mean to Kiki?
1: What does dousing mean to anyone that's not Fi and Link? <laughs> I don't know. We could get bogged down by all these questions, but I say we keep pushing forward unless you have anything else.
0: Well, uh actually, Chris, I do have just one last question. Mm,
1: oh no, no,
0: no, no, no. What do Tad Tones
1: taste like? How many times have I said Gushers at this point? <laughs> Quite a bit. Can these also taste like Gushers?
0: You know what? Since you, I was going to let it go, but since you're asking, I'm going to deny that request.
1: Oh, no. You got to broaden broaden your palate, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Let me, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a great, <laughs> I don't have a. I. I am completely stumped.
0: I could give you my answer uh, if Please. that helps at all.
1: Yeah, please.
0: Okay, so this is a little obscure if you haven't tried this, but uh, this is something that I bought for my sister as a gift like maybe a decade ago. They are... Champagne gummies.
1: Okay. I remember you buying that. Yes.
0: Yeah. She had like a big old tub of them. I don't think she liked
1: them very much. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly look like them. That's actually not a bad uh, choice. I'm just afraid that the audience isn't going to be able to tell from us saying champagne gummy. I mean, I guess you could just assume they taste like champagne gummies. Yeah. I mean, if you've, I
0: mean, we got some kids in the audience. I get that. That's going to be a little bit of difficulty, but you know, I mean, I wouldn't rush out and buy them. I'll say that, but uh Mm-mm. I'd say that's pretty fair looking at them.
1: Uh, for what it's worth for me to say gushers and you say no way but then you land on <laughs> champagne gummies which is let's be like if i'm being generous half a step removed from gushers maybe is, at most
0: i'll grant you it is definitely like the highbrow you know smug version of gushers sure
1: eh, candy's candy there's no smugness <laughs> uh all right we get the rest of the tad tones and we're going to return into back into the tree and bring back to the dragon he teaches us the first part of the song which i put in my notes at this point this feels like if you bring your guitar to teach someone a song (laughs) but then like you only teach them the chorus it feels like she's teaching you like five seconds of the song
0: yeah i mean that's kind of the idea though isn't it right because uh, all the previous songs that you've had to learn for the harp have been pretty short on their own and we're breaking this one into four pieces
1: Yeah, I figured there are multiple melodies that are being sung at the same time, which is kind of what happens. Like, all of the dragons sing this at the same time. Oh, right. It's not like one has a solo, then the next person has a solo, then the next person has a solo. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's a fair point, actually.
1: So she says that she was going to keep the woods underwater, but Link's quest is far from over, and he's not naturally comfortable in the water, so she returns it back to its natural state. And again, it's just like, it seems like she has no concern for the Kikwis. No, she. She's freewheeling. Granted, the kikwis seem surprisingly comfortable just hanging out. I feel like they're just not confrontational. Oh, yeah. It feels like they're just, okay, I guess I guess it's just water now.
0: No, they, they are definitely the, I guess this is just my life now species of this game. Definitely.
1: So she returns the Farron Woods back to its natural state, and we move on to our next destination. Do you have anything else about the Flood Farron Woods before we leave?
0: Farron is an absolute tyrant and I'm glad she's deposed some point between this game and the next one.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, agreed. So with that, we are heading to the Elden Bacoblin base. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Huh, I didn't realize. Do you remember the cutscene that happens as you descend on uh, the Elden Volcano here?
0: Only vaguely, I know that we start to descend down on Elden and instead of getting a choice on the map where to land, you have a cutscene where Link is descending downwards and then there is like a massive blast of smoke or sand or something that blows him away. I don't remember if it actually shows that Elden Volcano is erupting, but that is the reason.
1: It does, yeah. The Elden Volcano erupts. It's great. (laughs) And it throws Link off of his sailcloth and uh, Link gets knocked unconscious and he wakes up captured by bokoblin without any of his gear barred up in a holding cell outside of the earth temple
0: by sheer chance all of this happened that's great
1: yeah like
0: this is the challenge i mean not to bear the lead this is the challenge you're going to be facing to go and get the next portion of the song Mm-hmm. But it is not uh, presented to you as like, I'm giving you another test because I don't trust you.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly what we kind of needed, I think, in each of these areas. Big time. A natural challenge. Not someone saying, hey, I know you've been playing this game for 25 hours, but I still kind of don't think you have the chops. <laughs> which is why I think this is a slightly better area. This area I have my gripes with as well, but I think this naturally feels a little bit better than flooded Farron Woods.
0: Yeah. Imagine if Farron, like something else other than flooding, because Farron has control over that. Imagine if something else like a big old storm or like corruption of the woods or something, you know, something unnatural that you can tackle alone, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. It totally could have been. Uh, this is kind of similar to sections of both Wind Waker and Oracle of Ages. Uh, Wind Waker has the Forsaken Fortress, and Oracle of Ages has the Tokei section, which I believe you also have to navigate around with your items removed. Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, it's also kind of a stealth segment, too, uh, where you're, you're forced to sneak around with no equipment. You have something similar in Majora's Mask, too, when you're uh, trying to get through the Deku Palace
1: hmm Good point. So yeah, essentially Platts the Magma sneaks into our cell from underground and tells us he saw our items getting stolen by the Bacoblin. He was able to steal back our Magma mitts and give them to us, but everything else is in chests around the base. Yeah.
0: Um, Kidnapped by bacoblins, stuck in a cage. First off, why didn't you kill me? <laughs> that was your biggest mistake. Exactly. Second biggest mistake was putting all of my items in nice plain to see blue chests that stand out from the rest of the environment instead of throwing them into lava to destroy all of it
1: yeah that would have been much more logical weird choices all around also Platts doesn't get off scot-free here He saw where all of our items were. He actually marks each of them on the map and tells you, oh, your whip is over here. Your sword is over here. Right. Your claw shot's over here. But the only one he actually obtained for you was the one that the magma gave you earlier in the game, (laughs) which is just like, hey, listen, better than nothing. I don't want to not be appreciative here. I mean,
0: it got me out of the cage and I'm feeling just fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) So yeah, essentially this section, like you said, is a stealth section in which we are slowly recovering our inventory before we have our sword or really any means of attacking any point that we get detected. We alert the Bacoblins who blow a horn and then a cannon bacoblin launches an attack and knocks Link out and right. we basically revert back to a checkpoint.
0: I'm glad they give you checkpoints, at least. This could go on forever if they just throw you back in the cage.
1: Yeah, the checkpointing system's not too bad. Stealth sections in games are hard. I feel like we've already discussed a lot of this in the Silent Realm episode.
0: Yeah, stealth in video games needs a lot going for it in order to be fun. Yeah. If you take a pre-existing game engine and then decide, hey, same controls, but now stealth usually doesn't work out.
1: I don't think this is terrible. I actually think this section is way better than some of the Silent realm stuff. Mm-hmm. But any time where when you're seen, it's like almost an immediate failure. Is like, all right, that's not the f- most fun way you could have handled that. Like, it would have been fun if the bacoblins could chase you around, and maybe yeah. like, a larger and larger swarm of them come, and like you have to bash them off with whatever you have. But like, you don't have something that you could kill them with, or
0: that's that's kind of how it works in Hitman, right? I haven't played a Hitman, but I assume like it, when you're doing. Doing a Hitman, you're chased for a bit, but it's only when you are completely made and have no options is when you lose, right?
1: I mean, Hitman, you could be completely not stealthy. Everyone will see you and things could go very badly, but it will not fail you. You could completely chaotically get through any of the, those that game's challenges in that way.
0: More of that. Let me flail.
1: Yeah, exactly. And again, this just isn't really a stealth game. So it's just like put together sort of quickly. But it's, it's really not too bad, especially subsequent playthroughs. I kind of enjoyed this section. Mm-hmm. It's a fun progression upwards as you get more and more items and you're able to explore more of the map that way.
0: Which you don't get the sword until the end, right?
1: The sword is, I think, the last item you get or yeah. one of the last items you get. So like the Bacoblins can see you for a second and it like takes them an extra second to like really see you. So it's not like immediate uh-huh. failure.
0: That's a lot of self games are like that.
1: Yeah. You have a little bit of a window to run away.
0: Like I know they don't have any like lines, but if they did, I imagine it would be something like, what was that noise?
1: What was that just now?
0: And then 10 seconds later, guess I'm hearing things.
1: Guess it was nothing at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will not investigate this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we get all of our items back. Do you have any memorable moments from any of the stealth segment of this game?
0: Not really. I, there, There's some bits where I will say that it looks really cool. Like the sky is dark and everything, and you are forced to approach this place in a much different way than you originally did.
1: Oh, yeah. And that actually kind of leads to another thing. There, There are a lot of fences that were put up. Yeah. During this section of the game in this area.
0: The the bokoblins are expanding their turf, basically.
1: They're expanding their turf, but also they take all of this down as soon as you finish this stealth segment. <laughs> so... Well, possibly it's flimsy and falls over. It's kind of like when they do road work and they put a million cones up just to do road work in a tiny, tiny area, inconveniencing everyone that's driving on the road. <sighs> so maybe maybe this hits me a little bit harder being in New York. But, But yeah, it seems like they put all these fences up because they contained Link in a tiny area in the ascent. <laughs> (laughs) And as soon as Link breaks out, they just tear it all down. (laughs) Pack
0: it in, he got out. Yeah. (laughs) Why didn't they kill us, Chris? I don't know. Did they, like, intend to keep you in a pan until they eat you? Or was it, like, holding you here until Girahim showed up, or what?
1: It's a real Batman-Joker relationship that Link has with all of the Bacoblin. (laughs) They need each other. So yeah, we make our way into the Dragon's Room in the Volcano Summit. This has to be the briefest encounter with any of the dragons in the game. Essentially, Eldon floats up from underneath the lava. This is the first time we technically met him. Uh, He notices the mark upon Link's hand and realizes that this must be the hero that the goddess wanted Eldon to teach the melody to. Hey, weird. He just
0: just sings it. You could just look at my hand. He looks at the hand and then he sings the melody. (laughs) And it could be that easy it could be that easy it's not he has no idea what's been going on outside he doesn't know what you've done to get here you have the glowy triangle on your hand that's your stamp into the club you don't need anything else
1: this is like my favorite interaction that link has maybe not but like yeah
0: I, he does kind of when it's over he does basically just say you should go now i'm like all right fair enough <laughs>
1: Do we want to describe Elden really quick? I mean, it's essentially just a fire version of Farron.
0: It's more or less fire Farron. It's got
1: kind of a cool samurai-looking robe on, yeah, like a red one. It's a great design.
0: His his big old chamber is pretty cool too.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it looks like a room from the Earth Temple, but like a really well kept. Yeah,
0: because all those places are connected. Like I'm telling you, like this place and those two dungeons were once the same facility.
1: Eldon says something along the lines of, I'm afraid the fire everywhere is a result of an explosion of my power. I'm sorry about that. It'll return to normal soon.
0: Oh, so he does know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too strong.
1: And then it kind of just returns to normal. And they don't really say why he had an explosion of power. (laughs) Like, I'm guessing... (laughs) I'm guessing he felt some strong emotion and then the volcano erupted, which is a cool idea that they spend zero time with.
0: Could be? I mean, who knows? I mean, since we spend such little time with this dude, we have no idea. It could be like he literally has poor control of his strength, one-for-all style. Like, he, he has this strength that he doesn't have this great of a grasp on, and so even the lightest, the smallest thing, if he's not careful... He causes an eruption.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would be very curious to see more with these three dragons in a different game if they ever wanted to. I, I think that there's potential there, especially like Elden here. And I actually really like the next one that we meet as well. So yeah. Do you have anything else about the Elden Bacoblin base before we move forward?
0: Not really. I thought it was kind of a cool segment. They, It doesn't really belong in this game, but I liked it.
1: Yeah. All things considered, it's not the worst part of Skyward Sword. So, good job, Elden Bokoblin Base. So, yeah, from there we're gonna make our way to Lineru and dive down into the Lineru Gorge.
0: This part I thought was pretty cool. It's kind of got like heist energy. Did you pick up on that? Huh,
1: I didn't. Do you want to elaborate on that?
0: Yeah, sure. So when you show up in this place, uh, you actually find... Actually, really quick, I want to say when you first arrive here, you can encounter Golo again. Gorko's apprentice, who has the Slim Jim
1: hair. Okay.
0: I think you can encounter him in one of two places. One is which where you first meet him in that little mining zone. And the second, which uh, I found out today, is where you first arrive uh, in Lanayru down by the mines, like on top of that tower. Okay. And if you run into him, he will talk to you and say, oh, yeah, uh, more of this place is opened up. There's like rumors that you can find the dragon or something like that. I don't remember the exact dialogue. But what the reason I'm bringing up Golo is there's something that we missed, Chris. Oh, apparently earlier on, much earlier on in the game, uh, if you have the opportunity to take a seat on a stool next to Golo he'll actually ask if you want to invest in his mining operation. Like, he'll ask you for 10 rupees.
1: I am completely unfamiliar with this.
0: Yeah, me too. This is complete news to me, where if you endorse his operation, then later, much later, at this point of the game, he'll actually tell you like, oh yeah, with your help, I actually uncovered a ton of time shift stones. I can reimburse you like 10 times what you donated to the cause here, and he'll give you 100
1: rupees. Wow. Between this and the Stock market in most Animal Crossing games. Nintendo seems to put more of an effort into teaching kids how to invest than <laughs> I don't know most high school curriculums.
0: I'll tell you, I got almost none of this when I was going through school.
1: So he, you said he gives you a hundred rupees.
0: Yeah, he gives you a hundred. So you make a profit of ninety,
1: which is that's cool that 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 gives you the opportunity to do that, and it's optional. That's like no rupees though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, if they gave you an option of donating a in whatever amount that you want, though, then you could probably gamify that and just make infinite money.
1: Which, in the third act of the game, I don't think is a big problem. I mean, if you just hold off on buying
0: stuff and wait for the game to to give you a huge payout that you know is coming, then like...
1: But then you did two-thirds of the game without the items that would help you in those two-thirds of the game. You almost challenged yourself more and are rewarding yourself at the end because of it.
0: Dang, you got a good point there. Okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
1: it's fine. I mean, whatever. It's not a big deal. It's cool. It's cool. It's a cool thing they do. I just, Mm -hmm. 100 seems like such a low number.
0: 90 seems like a weird number. I think if he gave you 100, like 110 to make up for it, then like that would seem a little better. Sure.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, do we want to actually talk about this cuz we're going to a, a new area? Nah,
0: more more economics, please. We, we <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you do finally make it uh, back to that mining zone, which there's a new little tunnel you can crawl through, and that'll lead into the gorge proper.
1: Mm-hmm. We get here, and Phi tells us that signs indicate an ancient civilization established a quarry here to mine the deposit of high-quality timeshift stones. The terrain is subdivided with the remnants of long-abandoned mining equipment, such as mine carts and the mine tracks.
0: How is that any... Phi <laughs> Honey, (laughs) how is that any different from anywhere else in Lanayru? Yeah, Yeah. that's all of Lanayru.
1: Yeah, maybe she just feels like, oh, I haven't said anything in a while. Like, (laughs) I want him to know that I still am paying attention.
0: But the short description of this place is it's a big old ravine with a dark bottom that you cannot see past. And the actual spot that you walk in on is a big old cliff that you can walk up to the edge and find like, Some chains and bones?
1: Oh yeah, and these are not human bones, or like any other bones that we've seen in the temple so far.
0: No, 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 no. You can probably, maybe not right away, figure out what the deal is here.
1: (laughs) You walk up to these bones, and you can actually press A, like they have the little dot 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 prompt. You press A, and you see the eyes start glowing. Really? Yeah, like there's and it's just like a dot 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 dialogue box. So like you know that there's something important about these bones and also like at this point if you're in Lanevu, you know that time shift is the thing here. Yeah. So you kind of know like okay, that's a dead thing, but I want to make it a not dead thing with time shift stones so that I could talk to it because otherwise the important dragon that I need to finish <laughs> my quest is completely deceased, which
0: Yeah, if you know you're looking for somebody, then yeah, I guess you could probably put together so- So is he still kind of in there? I didn't know the eyeball thing.
1: Yeah, the eyeballs start glowing. What? I don't know. He has a line of dialogue in a little bit that might actually imply, yes, he is. I'll get to that when we we start talking to him. But yeah, it's a little bit grim. That is buck wild. It's also a very cool skeleton. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Hey, Hey, dude, cool bones. But if you look over the edge, you can see there is a small little uh, plateau popping out of the darkness down there in the gorge that uh, actually has a little shiny key on it. Mm-hmm. We send Beetle Buddy down there and you can pick it up no problem.
1: Yeah. And that key opens up a door nearby, which pretty clearly says entry to the area ahead is allowed only by permission of the Thunder Dragon Laneru. You know that's not going to stop Link. <laughs>
0: link in general cares very little about permission kind of across the timeline
1: well i mean he's got things to get done the whole rest of the world seems trial this test that
0: i'm sorry you want to talk about priorities like rewind to the previous episode where colin is asking link to deliver a love letter and his very first impulse is to slowly turn his head over to the toilet
1: i think that is i hey I will dig my feet in here. That is the right choice to make. <laughs> so yeah, before we enter the store, it is worth noting there is also a dead tree on the west side of this area. We'll get to that, though, in a minute. So we go through this door that we're told explicitly not to go through, and it's essentially just like a time shift stone minecart course, Yeah, which we've seen a couple of times before, but this is by far the most elaborate one.
0: Yeah, you do this a couple times in the mining facility where uh, a minecart with an active time shift stone starts moving and you kind of have to follow the time bubble.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is fun.
0: It's awesome. I love that.
1: This is a fun part of, of act three. For sure.
0: I dig pretty much everything that happens in Laneru in general in this game.
1: Yeah, it's strong. It's got some great dungeons. We talked to an ancient robot nearby that mentions that the time shift stone cart here is en route to the Thunder Dragon. Mm Mm-hmm so you're like perfect this is what i need uh something cool to note if you get that time shift cart going and then talk to the ancient robot this is the one area of the game where the background doesn't freeze when you enter dialogue with someone oh so if the time shift cart starts going it'll keep going as (laughs) you're slowly waiting through dialogue with the robots (laughs) and you're just like "Ah, panic panic we're in panic times so so yeah you're following the uh minecart through this sort of funhouse of corridors there are a bunch of enemy corridors there's like a fun tunnel where platforms appear and disappear as the time shift stones Ooh. move through the cave.
0: Gonna be honest, I, I wasn't super hype about this portion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mind it, but I think I got used to it. I like I probably failed it a few times, and then I'd played it a few times knowing what to expect, so it wasn't so bad. Yeah,
0: that's fair. But uh, my favorite part, though, or my I should say my favorite parts which are, I think they're kind of back to back. You're going through this long earthen hallway that on either side has like these old defunct mechanical blade spinners of some kind. I assume like a security system. Oh yeah. Once they are in the time bubble, they activate again and start bouncing back and forth. It's not hard. I just think it's really cool.
1: (laughs) It is cool. If you, I guess this is my recurring bit where I mention a similarity in Dark Souls, but any Dark Souls player, this is like the sense Fortress moment of Skyward Sword. You have to weave your way in between those little spike traps and you need to place the camera in a way so you know, okay, I have just enough room between the two traps here that they won't hit me.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's like this, but it's designed to make you angry because it's a Souls game. <laughs>
1: i mean essentially that sun's fortress it's also that is like the trial area of that game Oof. and it's it's pretty tough but it's a it's a pretty good area it's not too bad
0: i can think of no greater waste of my gaming time than to play something that will make
1: me mad <laughs> i don't think dark souls would i think you would honestly love dark souls i think your impression is painted by some pretty bad dark souls marketing uh, well
0: gonna have to take your word for it
1: (laughs) (laughs) one day you will open your heart to it and you'll be like wow years ago chris when you made that remark about how well, i would like these you were right
0: if if like you theorize i have an oh the wasted years moment then i will be sure to let you know
1: <laughs> anyway so i think the moment you mentioned is kind of toward the end essentially after that we get to a circular room with yeah. some technoblends and some bimos. yeah and the beamos kind of stop the time shift stone in its tracks
0: it's this is kind of like a marathon room like a uh, test of attrition, where it's just constantly, this bubble is constantly waking up different enemies, like bemos and Technoblins, and there's the floating turrets. Centrobes. Centrobes, thank you. Yeah, and it's just kind of like a test of your accumulated battle skill. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it is periodically broken up by the Beemos, but... You know, it, it just adds to the hectic nature of this room. And that's kind of like I had said earlier that I got the impression I got like heist energy from it. This was kind of what did it because it is a big, like long sequence of dealing with a lot of different little bits having to uh, roll with the punches of this place that based on the past version of it was supremely locked down. There's a lot of security in just this one room.
1: Oh, good point. Especially like the mining facilities and whatnot nearby like they established that these were the means of security all around this area and yeah to have all of that so focused in this room
0: yeah all in one spot and i assume as far as the technoblins go they were probably here to heist as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) so we're all just panicking together and attacking each other yeah they're back to life like oh no what's going on where they're like oh no I, i don't i don't think
0: the centrobes and the bemos are on the technoblin side
1: no but i mean it would be cool if they could damage each other
0: that would be pretty cool if you could trick them to hurt each other yeah
1: i like this from just you know stepping away from even the lore of it this is a good accumulation of different masteries that you you've gained throughout Mm -hmm. the game right so like the earlier section is very much about traversal and traversal while the time shift stones are moving meaning you've got to kind of move quick you've got to look at your surroundings quickly and act quick and then this is like a battle room so utilize your knowledge of enemy weaknesses and whatnot it's
0: an extremely good like gauntlet of all the stuff you've had to do in the game so far
1: yeah that's a good word for it it's a gauntlet um so after this room essentially we get out back outside and aside from some deku boxes on the way to the dragon it's pretty much a clear shot
0: oh yeah that's um compared to everything else it's kind of a piece of cake there is one deku baba inside of the gauntlet that i forgot to mention where it is just one half step up uh, above link normally you're facing them on the same level ground as yourself that one posed much more of a challenge than it should have i think for me
1: <laughs> yeah agreed i remember exactly the one you're talking about so yeah, the time shift stone reaches its location, and the master thunder dragon himself is revived. Uh, yet he is apparently very ill. Yeah, he he hacks
0: and coughs a lot during his little uh, monologue.
1: So he asks you your name and you tell him, let's say you tell him Link. He says, that's not much of a name, is it? How about I add a model number? And then he appends LDE 16. So it would be LD dash Link dash 16.
0: Okay, now we're getting corporate. I don't like this.
1: I hear you. The numbers here, though, I believe they indicate this is the 16th Legend of Zelda game. Oh. So that's why he has the number 16 there.
0: Oh, I don't want to. I don't like the in-world implications of this
1: yeah no 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 we're doing good on time but we can't get hung up on that we'll derail everything Anyway, he tells you he's too ill to sing, and he feels some supreme shame, considering the goddess herself entrusted him with this duty. He mentions that the robots were worried about him long ago, so they planted a seedling from the Tree of Life, mm-hmm. which is said to be able to cure any illness. So that is the dead tree that we saw over to the west. The Tree of Life, what is that? The Yidr- Yidracell? Is that the Tree oh, of Life? Oh,
0: jeez. Uh, like a, a literal V Tree of Life? I kind of figured that like this was just... The tree of life in the area. Like, this is one that they had?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's North mythology, Yggdrasil, the world tree is what I'm thinking of. Okay. Right.
0: I mean, Yggdrasil in particular is used in. I think almost every video game? Yeah, in a lot of them. But I'm not so sure that this is a one-of-a-kind tree. I mean, at this time of the game, I do think that this might be the last one left.
1: To say tree of life just feels like a special thing, you know? It feels like, oh, oh, those just exist? I don't know. I
0: mean, who knows? The, the original world that once was back here has been torched, so who knows how many there were back then, you know?
1: Fair enough. Yeah, so we go over to this dead tree, we hit a time shift stone nearby and it brings it back to a past state and we're able to pull out the life tree seedling from the ground a robot nearby will yell at us but we tell it <laughs> Listen, we have a plan we have a plan
0: now would you would you accept that if, if you are here guarding this tree and tending to it it's a, an important tree possibly the last in existence and then some dude just walks up and plucks it out and he says don't worry about it
1: <laughs> especially because this is back in time so it's not like this robot has the knowledge that it has been unsuccessful in trying to grow for such a long period yeah. of time this robot it probably just planted that <laughs> <laughs> and you just pull it out of the ground and you say later dude this is mine yeah uh so yeah we're gonna take this to the sealed temple and we're gonna talk to Groose there is a bit of optional dialogue that can happen anytime after the second in prison fight where Gruce is in the temple and he can say, you know, I love this temple, but I wish that there was a tree here. It would really <laughs> spruce the place up. Uh-huh. I think that was, if you, if you saw this dialogue, that was supposed to kind of implant this idea in your mind for when this point comes along. Boy, oh boy, I sure wish there was a tree here. So you bring him this seedling. He says, oh, that's an impressive seedling, but it's going to take basically forever for it to grow into a full tree. I mean, come on, like the gate of time's there you know what the gate of time does just as well as i do
0: they they really hit you over the head with this one like (laughs) it's it's hard to get more apparent than this
1: right but for some reason it still goes over his head
0: i mean hey points to groups though for also having botany skills it turns out kind of I guess he well, kind of. Does. knowledge. I'll give him, I'll botany grant him that. knowledge.
1: There you go. Okay. So we jump to the past and Impa mentions in the past how she imagines it would please Zelda greatly to see a great tree welcoming her when she wakes back up from her slumber.
0: <laughs> so her too. So you go in the present and in the past. Boy, sure'd be great if there is a tree here. They oh, really well. don't.
1: Yeah, they really don't want you to get lost here. <laughs> uh, y- you plant the seedling in the room where Groose was in the present day and then you travel back to present day. And Groose has this dialogue about how he's like, hey, now this is a tree I could look at all day. This is a symbol (laughs) for the temple. And every time I stare at it, my jaw hangs open and I get this weird, happy feeling. Listen, I'm glad that we are doing good with time because we need to pick (laughs) this apart. What happened? We, okay, we went to the past. We planted this tree. Did Groose ever not see this tree? Oh, time shenanigans? Oh, boy. This is time stuff. This is like, did this tree just spring to life? Because Groose certainly doesn't make any mention like that. Groose is acting like the tree's always been here
0: okay i'm okay with that if that's the case
1: i think that has to be the case right we we've changed time because in the past now this tree started growing so i guess we're in a new timeline now where this tree would have had to be here the whole time Oh,
0: we've already made an offshoot a whole new series of games just based on this
1: everyone thinks that ocarina is where the games branch but we created a new branch (laughs) here there's the timeline where the tree doesn't exist and the timeline where the tree does exist
0: for the comparative amount of time travel you do in this game you just go berserk with the amount of changes you make in the world
1: Mm -hmm. and in the other timeline that we make i guess the idea is that demise just devours the world right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Spoiler gates are down, by the way. I don't care. We can't anymore. There's like two episodes left. What's,
0: I mean, we've we've said the name. What is there to yeah, hide? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But but we're not going to focus on that timeline. We're going to focus on the timeline where the tree does exist.
0: It's got a rock and fruit on it. Just one, but it looks real good.
1: Yeah, you would think that they would have maybe developed a few of those life fruits and then just have one knockdown down at a time or something.
0: Unless it only makes this is one of those you know fantasy trees that makes one single fruit in its entire lifetime. You know what I mean?
1: I guess, but there's no dialogue to imply that. It's just weird that there's this big healthy tree with just one (gasps) thing. Wait a minute.
0: Wait, Chris, what if the fruit is how Impa has stayed alive this whole time?
1: Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, Like that is how she lived thousands of years because there's no other great explanation. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. So after the previous episode that we recorded, I did remember that there's all of those Sheikah sages or monks that you can find in all of the little puzzle temples. Mm -hmm. And like they are basically mummified and lived seemingly longer than Impa did. Who knows? But I'd say maybe this assisted in that. I don't know. I mean, she could have stayed alive in mummy form, but the fruit helped her stay as a person.
1: I kind of like that idea. It's a shame she doesn't kind of mention that. Uh but I think that's a good reason. I mean she ages, but again, that's thousands of years. Like
0: one one more little detail about the fruit before we move on. Do you also get the impression that by the look of it this fruit would make a banger of a smoothie oh yeah you see the colors on that thing it's gonna be great
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah this is a healthy looking uh fruit so yeah we're gonna smack ourselves into the tree get the fruit to drop off and then link picks up the uh fruit puts it in his inventory and we head back to the gorge
0: i'm surprised this isn't a scrapper moment
1: I don't think it's supposed to be that heavy, though. It's just a fruit, right? It's a big it's one. It's
0: huge. But... He carries it like a barrel when he has it out.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, he lunges the fruit into the dragon's mouth. It looks like an Olympic sport. <laughs> like he...
0: <laughs> Yep, he does a caber toss.
1: Yeah, he exactly. And the dragon just immediately revived. It screams Zingadinga, uh, <laughs> which... I'm sure the localization team had a bit of fun there. I think
0: it was Zinga Ding Ding, I think. Oh,
1: is it Zinga Ding Ding? I think so. <laughs> Zinga Ding Ding <laughs> makes a little more sense than Zinga Dinga, but it's like. Zinga
0: Ding. Yeah, he's a fan of the Big Bang Theory. Oh, is that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is the line I mentioned earlier when you first brought up the dragon skeleton. Laneru says, just because I have eternal life doesn't mean I can't get mighty sick. But you were dead. You were dead. That was your skeleton.
0: Pretty significantly sick.
1: Like okay, your eyes were glowing, but let's not pretend that was living. What what if it was like a Stolfos disease
0: though? Like Stolfos are alive skeletons,
1: and so was he. Stolfos are running around attacking you. He was laying on the ground lifeless. It
0: it was an advanced case. What do you Uh, want?
1: I don't know. I don't know. That's a stretch uh he says thanks to you boy this old dragon will keep on charging a while yet and he performs his rendition of the song of the hero for link again as soon as he's able to he just performs the song he also mentions at this point that you should come back at a later time because he wants to repay you but he needs a little bit of time to get it ready
0: yeah i i mean we can just talk about what that is though right Sure. We we alluded to it in like maybe 10 episodes ago. It's a boss rush.
1: Yeah. So he basically says he has these challenges for you if you want to gain new treasures. He has two challenges. One of them is you can redo all the silent realms, which oh, no. you might be thinking, what kind of sicko wants to redo silent realms? Well, there are things like Dusk Relics, which are crafting materials that you could have completely missed on your first pass, Uh so this allows you to collect those and beat your all time if you want. Oh, they time you on the Silent Realms too? Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. And then there's also this boss rush mode.
0: Yeah, it is self-explanatory. Each boss that you are refighting is randomized. So you could have Girahim round two followed by Girahim round one.
1: So just a quick thing about that. It's mostly randomized. He does say, do you want to fight something from the beginning of your journey, the middle of your Ah, journey, or the end of your journey? Right. You could pick either of those three and then you can pick the first boss you'll fight. But after that, it's more randomized. Yeah. So
0: if you have one that you, like you want to do an easy one first or if you want to knock out the hardest one first. Which
1: you should knock out the hard ones first, probably. <laughs> you know it's pretty wild. It's only the bosses that you have fought already. So you're not going to fight Demise or Girahim's final form. But if you play hero mode, he actually has a bit of dialogue saying, oh, well, you can actually fight bosses that you'll see in the future as well.
0: That's Buckwild. So the element of Laneru the whole time has been time. That seems <laughs> obvious in retrospect. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know what would be
0: crazy? Is if like they did like a Kingdom Hearts and they let you fight a boss from a future game.
1: Wait, Kingdom Hearts does that?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, every Kingdom Hearts game has at least one boss fight. Like, It's usually a secret, extremely hard boss fight where you're going to fight something from either the immediate next game or, you know, the one after that.
1: Really? Did they have something from Kingdom Hearts 3 in one of the games before that?
0: Oh, that's that's the tough one. I don't quite remember if you fight something from 3. Okay. You fight something from 2 in 1. You fight something from uh, Birth by Sleep in 2. That's cool. Yeah.
1: That's cool. I didn't know that about that. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some of the rewards we get here?
0: Well, I mean, each round you have the option of cashing out with your current reward. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that after a while you get a heart piece.
1: Four rounds in, you get a heart piece.
0: Yes. And then after that point, I mean, if you beat all of it, then you can get the Hylian Shield.
1: If you beat eight rounds, you get the absurdly sturdy shield, which is the Hylian Shield. But there are still four rounds you can keep going on.
0: Oh, so you can bail after that point.
1: You can bail after that point,
0: jeez. I mean, I would just bail. yeah, I mean, I I only cashed in. I only went in there for the shield, although I did go back later for the heart piece because each round that you go forward, you forego the previous reward, really? yes
1: oh that's so silly
0: yeah it's whack it's very whack but uh, i mean you get a cool shield though
1: yeah the hylian shield is worth doing i was able to do this actually i i got very angry doing this on the wii because the last (laughs) boss i fought was the ship boss and i had issues with the skyward strike on the motion controls Ooh. but this was a cakewalk on the switch oh
0: yeah i can imagine
1: i tried it on hero mode and it was a bit more challenging i didn't finish it there is a limitation you can't use things like uh, jars so you can't use fairy jars you can't use potions right you can't use anything from your inventory really you've got one set of hearts so it, it does benefit you to go into this with as many heart pieces as possible
0: I just want to say something really quick about the shield. Obviously, this is the shield from other games. You know, it cannot be broken like your other shields you can have in this game. And that fits because I believe the Hylian shield can only be broken in Breath of the Wild. Uh, The rest of the time, it's unbreakable.
1: Yeah, I at first thought it was a little bit silly. That this incredibly important item from the series is just hidden behind an optional boss rush, but then I remember talking to you and you kind of convinced me about how it's actually a cool point.
0: Oh yeah, was it because Lanayru is a time dragon and he can just pluck it out of
1: time? Right. Like, hi- why would there be a Hylian shield? Yeah. Before Hyrule is really an established kingdom, it would it wouldn't be really right. Well, not it-
0: not with the design that it has because it's got mm-hmm. like the red loft wing on it, obviously for yours. Though I will say a. Apart from that, Hylian is just like the people. That's the species that Hylia
1: created. Okay, okay. so it does make sense that fair enough. But yeah, I kind of do like the idea that this item that clearly exists in the later games only exists in a pulled out of time fashion for this game that is clearly early on. Yeah, that's dope for sure. Is there anything else you want to mention about the Boss Rush? Not
0: really. I think it's kind of cool. It's a cool addition, but, you know, I, I really only wanted it for the shield.
1: I'm glad that it's optional. I don't think there's anything to gain from non-optional boss rushes in most games that have non-optional boss rushes. Like Okami is a game I played earlier this year that is a Zelda-like, and it's such a phenomenal game, but it has a mandatory boss rush at the end that I think just slows the pace of the whole ending down. Yeah,
0: Capcom, I don't know who hurt the devs at Capcom, <laughs> but they love a mandatory boss rush. Every Mega Man game.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's true.
0: They, they have a sordid love affair with that stuff.
1: Yeah, I can't think of many times where I think it helps the story and flow of a game. It's maybe I could see the argument that you enjoy the challenge of one. That's totally fine. But I think it does kind of slow down the flow of maybe a narrative more often than it doesn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Big time.
1: So I guess we are done here in the Lanayru Gorge. So we're going back to Levias.
0: Now, really quick, I there's a note that I meant to say at the start of this episode and at the end of the previous plot episode. Uh, After you beat the parasite that had overtaken Levias, the thunderhead becomes like nice and peaceful. The clouds become like that pinky orangey brown color that they are outside the thunderhead. And it stops raining. Uh And I had in my notes back when I first saw this that the thunderhead low key kind of sucks now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it doesn't look as cool, it's not as exciting, and it's still full of monsters.
1: I guess so, yeah. It's just a uh, barred-off section of the sky. Like, I
0: imagine that's because Levias willed it to be so, but if that's the case, why not just erase the whole thing?
1: Yeah, it would be cool if this just existed as one larger sky area now, as opposed to still this isolated section.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. (laughs) That's interesting. I kind of forgot about its transformation.
0: Oh, well. But we get back there and, uh, Levias, you know, he, you tell him you have all the other tunes, Mm -hmm. uh, and then he gives you the final fourth piece.
1: Yep. He congratulates us and says he's going to stay true to his word and teach you the last part of the song. He begins singing it and then we get that da 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 Prompt stating that Link learned the final part of the song of the hero. Mm -hmm. But like there's this cool moment where the item get prompt gets interrupted. Yeah. And the other three dragons just surge up into the uh, (laughs) Thunderhead. And they all start singing together.
0: One of my favorite things in this franchise is when the item get prompt gets interrupted.
1: Agreed. And it's really effective here. All the dragons and Levias together start singing the song of the hero and Phi starts dancing along. And this is the moment where we learn what the song of the hero is. And it's essentially the hero's theme.
0: It's the Zelda theme.
1: It's the main theme from The Legend of Zelda. It's this game's iteration of it. And it's just beautiful. It's really it's really a great moment. It feels victorious, which, like, you finally finished the last major stretch of yeah. this game. For the most part, there's still another dungeon and some boss fights. But
0: it's not much left. I mean, there is still the last Silent Realm. Ugh. but we already talked about that so we're safe
1: yeah so just to be clear fai after doing her fun little dance tells us that she has determined there is a trial gate somewhere in the sky I don't think she specifically says Skyloft, but she lets you douse for it, and it brings you to Skyloft.
0: I mean, it's pretty safe to assume it's going to be Skyloft.
1: It's like the only place that hasn't had one yet, yeah.
0: Yeah, where's it going to be? The Bamboo Grove? The Lumpy Pumpkin? Actually, put it in the Lumpy Pumpkin.
1: Put it on Fun <laughs> Fun Island. Let, oh, let those no. guardians go hog wild on Dodo. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or ooh 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 or better yet you can activate it when you're on flofty and the whole sky is that silent
1: realm That's a cool idea and guardians and yeah. other birds just like flying trying to yeah. get Yeah.
0: There's other like fly like wing uh, loft wing guardians that follow you around I don't hate it Oh that would have been sick Yeah
1: that's a good idea Um all right anything else you want to talk about on the dragon tour
0: No I think we have been pretty thorough
1: Yeah I think this has been a very successful episode. So with that, I think we can crack open the mailbox and look at some of these postcards. I said that as if we have a new name for this section. We're going (laughs) to read the postcards. Yeah!
0: So we got one new postcard, which by the way, if you want to send us postcards, you can send us an email over at HyrulePod at gmail.com, or you can drop us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Yep. This episode, we have an email from Krisk. says, hello, hello Hyrule. I was thinking instead of the past world being transported to the present world, Link would be transported to their world. Now. I'm cutting in here uh, to Chris's email. I believe that they are uh, referring to the effect of time shift stones. Okay. Uh, This is why most of the ancient robots never noticed the giant bubble around them. To them, nothing had changed. In Skipper's case, I think he noticed how Link disappeared whenever he went outside a certain radius and deduced that he was being time shifted. Let me know what you think.
1: This is actually really solid because there's never a moment where something within the time shift bubble looks outside of the time shift bubble and is filled with existential dread as it realizes (laughs) what has gone on in the area around them. So I think that Chris is onto something here.
0: I do think that there is some sort of continuity, right? Because I had described where if you knock a time shifted bokoblin out of the bubble, they turn to bones. But if you then return the bubble on top of those bones, then they resume doing what they were doing, including if they were mid-death
1: Yes, yes, which I've seen in action since you've mentioned it, and it is a cool effect. Yeah. I guess, yeah, so considering that, let's say we had Bacoblin A and Bacoblin B in the time shift area, and Bacoblin B goes flying outside of the time shift area and turns to bones, uh-huh. what is that to Bacoblin A? Do, has Bacoblin B just turned into a skeleton out of nowhere?
0: Oh, that's an interesting question. Adding two factors to this makes that even harder to answer, I think. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think Crisk is actually on to something pretty cool here, and I can get behind it. I don't think that they ever explain it enough to disprove this.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, uh, there's multiple theories that with the lack of info could equally be true. <laughs> I think either way, all three of us can agree that Skipper is probably the saddest part of this game.
1: Yes. <laughs> poor Poor guy. I miss Skipper.
0: Well, actually, it's funny. When I first returned during this arc of the game to Lanayru, I landed down on the docks by accident, and I went to go talk to Skipper, and he actually directed me in the correct direction.
1: Oh, he had dialogue to go to the gorge? Yeah, he's a
0: helpful little guy.
1: Huh, that's good.
0: But yeah, so thank you so much, Chris, for sending us an email. Anyone else, as I said, you can send us a postcard either to Gmail or through Apple Podcasts, which would help more people like yourself find this show.
1: And yeah, if you have ever have any comments about things, that we mention on the show, or if you have an ask as to what something might taste like that we haven't covered, we love hearing that stuff. Oh yeah! So send that stuff our way. We love reading it. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's uh, one of the more rewarding parts of the show, I think.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: But anyway, Chris, do you want to let folks know where else they can reach out to us?
1: Yeah, we are all over social media, and by all over social media, I mean maybe on two or three social media apps. <laughs> Those apps are Twitter at HyrulePod. Instagram at HyrulePod, which is severely out of date. I promise I will get back to that eventually. <laughs> and Tumblr at HyrulePod. Before we sign out, though, I know you've got something coming up. Do you want to plug? Oh, that's right.
0: Uh, I mean, this episode is going to be coming out like a couple weeks after the fact. But uh, recently I guested on the Spelunkers podcast for their sub called Gotta Rank em All in which they uh, have a guest on each week and <laughs> progressively create the world's most arbitrary ranking list of every Pokemon.
1: It's an amazing premise. And as soon as I heard about it, I knew that you would be a great guest for this show.
0: It's the first place I've ever guessed it. it was a lot of fun.
1: They're a lot of fun. They're the ones who I did the Okami deep dive with earlier this year. And the two hosts for God to Rank all, Chris and Ryan are swell guys.
0: They're a couple of very fun dudes.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you can't go wrong ranking Pokemon, right? I feel like a lot of our audience has to have some affinity for those games. I know I do. Hey, I should give a quick spoiler here. I made a
0: very strong case for a couple of Pokemon. I feel like I made a a good impact on that show.
1: (laughs) I have no idea. Like, I know I could get some insider info from you. I have no idea. I can't wait to go into this episode completely blind. I've been waiting for you to do this show for a while now, so I'm psyched.
0: By the time this episode uh, airs, the episode I it on will have uh, come up on both youtube and wherever you find podcasts so go and check it out
1: yep so that is spelunkers on youtube and spelunkers game exploration podcast in podcast apps
0: yes sir so uh chris where are we headed next episode
1: Next episode, we are going to take on the final dungeon of the game, the Skykeep. And then that might be the penultimate episode or the... Uh,
0: as as far as addressing the game itself.
1: Yeah, that might be penultimate. We might take two episodes to do the end game just because it might be a lot. But I'm thinking with how we've been doing these past few, that that actually might be one episode as well. So
0: could be chunky, but I think it could be good.
1: We're getting there. We're doing it. We have, I believe, the most thorough discussion about Skyward Sword. On the internet.
0: (laughs) It could. You know what, Chris? It sounds like kind of a lofty brag, but I
1: think that might be the case. I think it is. It's like 23, 24 hours at this point. (laughs) It's exciting. Anyway, where can people find you specifically on social media?
0: If you want to check me out on Twitter, you can find me
1: at the edge of my Pete. And I am at a man named Babs, B A B S.
0: That has been Hello Hyrule. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, I
1: have been Pete. And I've been Chris.
0: Excuse me, podcast.
1: Zinga dinga, I am (laughs) out of here. Oh no, he's turning to bones before my eyes.